Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast with me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. I'll dish everything before I leave. I need to find that bag on my quiz. Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny. Bobby, I'm doing a <laughs> podcast, man. Come on. <laughs> well, my dog is now called Jimmy Anderson. Oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to change that to Do you cook French food? Like, do you cook frog legs and snails? Oh, <laughs> uh, just lock myself in a procedure room. <laughs> Sophie Eccleston's the worst. It's like having a child with you when she's on top. I don't know whether it shows something about me or whether it just shows I'm a little bit stupid. What a week for women's cricket, Paul. It's been such a busy week for women's cricket. I mean, I think the fact we've got two series going on um, obviously makes it quite busy, but so much has happened. Um, I think a good place to start would be uh, with retirements. Uh, We've had two retirements this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Firstly, Carla Rudd, who has been a very long-serving player for the Vipers. Yes. Um, Obviously, wicket-keeping for them. Um, But she's decided to retire because she's also a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, And although she had a contract, it's obviously very, very difficult to balance the two. Um, And she was a teacher first before she was a professional cricketer. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's obviously of that generation where, you know, when she left university, a contract wasn't available or when she left school. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of shows it's one of the retirements that shows where the game has gone. Um, Mm -hmm. And she was interviewed for the BBC, actually and spoke about how different it is now for the next generation. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah, a very big name for women's domestic cricket and someone that's been a part of it for years from, you know, the county day of KSL days all the way through to playing in the 100. But being a teacher is great. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> I think I would rather be a professional cricketer, to be honest. Well, you know, I think if I were offered a contract, mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah, a bit like Carlo, I'd say, you know, I'm happy being a teacher. It's... Really? It's where we it's where we serve. Yeah, it's what we do yeah, as teachers. Sure. I think you take the contract. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another one which was a lot more expected was Mignon Dupree. So mm-hmm. um, she retired from Test and ODI format. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's only playing international T Twenties, and now she's also retired from international T Twenties. So she says she's still going to play in leagues around the world, um, but she's not kind of tied down with international cricket. So she can kind of decide when she plays and when she doesn't play. And this makes sense, doesn't it? And yeah. and she is one of a number of players who are in that situation now, yeah. aren't they? Deandra Dottin, mm-hmm. this one, Lizelle Lee is another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't no longer have any international commitments and so can kind of manage a career on their own terms. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, good luck to her. She's brilliant, is Minion, yeah. of course, friend of the pod. <laughs> uh, and so we want to wish her every mm-hmm. best wish for that. Um, but... You know, you just know she's going to do really well. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope she long term stays within cricket, within mm. South African cricket. Yeah. Because I think she's the sort of really positive character that could mm-hmm. really develop the women's game in South Africa in the long term. Yeah, definitely. Um, on to the Australia India series, which I love when India and Australia face each other. Like, it's always so good. There's, st- there's always stuff going on, mm-hmm. and I love it. Um, even as. I say neutral because I don't like either side. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it, it's always good because, like, you don't have that same investment that I would have think that we're playing. Um, 
but there were some big debuts. So Kim Garth, who of course played for Ireland for almost 10 years, I think, um, made her Australia debut. Uh, she got Wicker on debut, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoebe Litchfield also made her Australia debut, a kind of a young player that's been around the squad for a while. And then I think one of the most poignant ones, particularly in this game, was Heather Graham, who um, she has actually won ODI cap from, I think it was 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was her T20 debut. And she took three for. Great. But also she was chosen to bowl the super over. That's just extraordinary, isn't it? Um, on debut yeah. to be chosen to do that. And, uh, and of course, India hit 20. Yeah, off the super over. Yeah, Australia could only manage sixteen, mm-hmm. so India defeated Australia. You know, they pulled it out of the fire, really, didn't they? Because mm-hmm. they needed five to win off the last ball in regular play. Yeah, hit a four and took it to the super over, uh, and then yeah, they went to hit twenty in the super over. That's it got me thinking though. Mm-hmm. If and when England have mm-hmm. to play a super over, who yeah. bowls it and who bats for us? Isn't it? Oh, that was such a good question. Um... I think it it depends if so. We were going T twenty. We're going T twenty. T twenty. Okay. Um, I think at the moment, going off form, Lauren Bell. Yeah. But at the same time, I know she can be expensive, so mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily the right decision. Um, batting wise, I really think Sophie Eccleston was it would be good because she is like big hitter. Yeah. And I think she does well under pressure. Yeah. Um, so I think she'd be really good. And then batting with her, I was thinking maybe not Siver, but I feel like she does take a bit of time sometimes to get in the groove. So maybe someone like Danny Wyatt. Yeah, I was going to um, say that. Yeah, because also you need pre- the players that can handle that pressure and have mm. that experience. And I think Danny Wyatt's quite a chill player. So I think she would do really well. Um, I really don't want to see England do a super over. I don't think I've got the nerve for that. Um, it's bound to happen at some oh, point. Oh, at some point it will happen. Um, I really hope it's not to win a World Cup, though, because that would oh, that would absolutely destroy me. <laughs> what about Sophie Eccleston to bowl the Super Over? I mean, to be fair, I think she would be good at it because she's very, very economical. So, yeah. Could she bat and bowl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I'd do that. Um, would you... Would you say the same? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, okay. I think um, I was thinking Danny White and Sophie yeah. Eccleston for batting. Mm-hmm. And um, possibly, sorry, yeah, Lauren Bell or Sophie Eccleston yeah. for bowling. Oh. That was my, that was my thought. Genius. <laughs> um, but I mean, on that India series, the crowds have been incredible. Uh, sold out in one of the games, I think. I think it was the game with the Super Over. Weren't the tickets free, though? Yeah, this whole thing is very confusing because I've seen a lot on Twitter about it said, I saw a sign, it was like, um, free tickets for women fans. Oh, wow. And I was like, is that meaning fans that are women or people who are <laughs> fans of women? I didn't quite <laughs> understand it. Um, I was like, um, okay, I mean. But that's, that is an interesting strategy, isn't it? Yeah, to offer free tickets. Well, to put the matches on in big stadiums yeah. and essentially say you can apply for free tickets. Yeah. So it's not just saying turn up if you fancy mm. it. You've got to go through the process of applying yeah. for a ticket. But in terms of marketing, it's. I think it's... Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know how much money it would make in terms of, like, getting people to come again. I, I don't really know. I think... 
I think you should, especially with international cricket, you do need to put value on it because mm-hmm. I think it's doing a disservice otherwise. Um, but I think the fact they got a huge crowd is uh, is really important. And it was mm-hmm. such a good game. And the, the, I think the fact that India won as well yeah. is obviously a massive thing. And yet again, India are the team to break Australia's winning streak because back in September, October last mm-hmm. year, they broke the ODI streak. I think it was like 26 games in a row or something that they won. Um and then they've done this with the T20s. So India really like kind of putting their hand up, um, which I mean, I think after their World Cup disaster, really, with the ODI World Cup, mm-hmm. um, they've come back really strong, particularly in T20s, yeah. getting the silver in the Commonwealth Games. And then obviously um, this series against Australia, where they have been competing quite strongly. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, on a note for Australia, Beth Mooney is just absolutely unreal. Like she just she's scoring runs for fun. Um, yeah, she's been absolutely amazing. I mean, Australia have, have hardly lost any wickets in this series. This is the thing. Like we don't know how good their other batters are at the moment because they just they don't need them. They're, they're for one or for two at the end of each innings, aren't they? Mm. And that's the I think that's the big difference between Australia and England right now. Yeah, um, is that. Well, I was looking at the start of kind of the West Indies series, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but actually it's all in good England winning against West Indies by these margins, but they're getting bowled out. Two of their ODIs, they were bowled out. Um, Obviously the T20s, they haven't been, but they're losing a lot of wickets. And you think they're not going to score as many runs against Australia because Australia's bowling is better. And they're more likely to get bowled out quicker. So if you're looking ahead to either T20 World Cup or even thinking about the Ashes, it's not great. Um, and we've had the news that Freya Kemp is out mm-hmm. um, with a stress fracture in her back. So that's one option left. Obviously, Alice Capsey, broken collarbone. Don't know if she's going to be back for the T20 World Cup. So, yeah, it's it's a slight concern, I think. I'm, I'm interested in... Uh, the bowling lineup mm-hmm. for England at the moment because we've reverted to three spinners. Yeah. So you've got Sarah Glenn, mm-hmm. who's been part of the T20 setup for a long mm-hmm. time, but Charlie Dean, who was not in the Commonwealth Games squad. No. And it's it, only played one T20 before this series. And of course, you've got Sophie Eccleston as well. Mm. And so three of your five bowlers are spinners. Yeah. And Izzy Wong hasn't got a game yet no. at all. And there has been a lot of rotation. And Izzy Wong, in the summer, got herself in a position where she was first picking all formats. Mm. And now she's not being picked in any of the formats. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. Now, whether they're, you know, they're about to launch her <laughs> and and so on, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But actually, potentially, there are only two fast bowling slots available in the mm. England T20 side now. And Izzy Wong doesn't necessarily get one of them. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, speaking of fast bowlers, Lauren Bell is having the series of her life. Um, so she played two ODIs mm-hmm. and took five wickets. Mm-hmm. She got four fur and then got one wicket in the second game. And then from the first two T20s, she's also got five wickets, mm-hmm. which... Yeah, <laughs> unreal. Um, and I think we might have mentioned last week, I love her um, opening the bowling alongside Kate Cross. Mm-hmm. I think it works really well. 
Um, but obviously now she's got her opportunities in the T20s. She's really taking that because, I mean, she did fine over the summer, whatever, but it wasn't really outstanding. But I think now she's she's performed really, really well. Yes. I, I mean, I guess the, the only thing to say is that she's bowling against the West Indies batters. Mm. That's a good point, yeah. And, you know, you can only take the wickets that are available mm. to you. Uh, but it feels like this is not a big challenge. Yeah. And I th- I, this is the thing is, I was like, it's not ideal World Cup prep because West Indies are going to be one of the weaker sides you come across. Australia having and India having great prep battling against each other because that's the highest competition you're going to come up against. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also not great because England could get could potentially get a bit complacent. And like I know they're not naive to the fact they're playing against the West Indies. They understand that. But at the same time, you remember if your tour was good or bad mm-hmm. and you think about, oh, yeah, we, we played really well. You kind of forget who your opposition were. Um, and it's great that they'll, they'll go into a tournament with confidence. But at the same time, it, it really is an ideal prep. Um, so, yeah. I think it's a good opportunity for them to test out different combinations, but you can't necessarily measure the success on that based on this tour. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, kind of the final note about that is Lauren Montfield Hill has been struggling with international runs mm. in the last few games. And it, it's really sad to see, I think, because we are very much rooting for her um, because she's had such a good domestic season. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, we're going back to February, March, where it was like, oh, no, okay, she's not managing to score international runs. So whether I think it probably is a bit of a pressure thing because it's like, right, this is my one chance to show what I can do. I've had the opportunity to come back into this team. Um, so, yeah, that's it's a shame. But there are three T20s left. So that's Yeah, fine. so hopefully she'll get a chance and yeah. and get some runs. Yeah. She's had a chance to wicket keep as yeah, well. Yeah, so she swapped out for Amy Jones because they've been rotating players a lot. So that was quite nice to see her keep. Um, talking of seeing, uh, we haven't actually been able to see this series. Mm. Um, and I noticed Ben on Twitter asked us why BBC, like TMS, couldn't cover it. Now, I don't actually know the answer. Um, he was suggesting, is it a cost thing? I think. Part of it is, but, you know, as we spoke about last week, the, the coverage of it has been appalling. Yes, I, I I don't quite understand it. I mean, I usually, if it's not being covered, it's to do with rights. Yeah. Um, And so often if the BBC don't cover a tour, it's because someone else has paid for the rights for it. Yeah. But I don't think that's happened. Yeah, and, and this is, I saw a tweet earlier um, that from, actually from TMS, saying you can follow... Um, Australia against South Africa men on five live and I was like South Africa against Australia being broadcast in England but England's own games aren't that's what I was like so I think they have an arrangement with the ABC in Australia yeah because I remember, I know all the Australian stuff comes through that but but yeah I mean BBC Polly and I <laughs> would be really happy to fly to West Indies you know, it, I know it's a big sacrifice, but we we could go and spend some time in a really hot country, in the sun, by the beach. It's a lot, but I think we could manage it. Yeah. yeah. So um, still three uh, T20s to go. <laughs> if you want to fly us out there, you know, uh, you can contact us. What's our email address again? Email address, <laughs> at gmail.com. 
And... I don't really check the email. So maybe we've got an email offering for us to go and I've just had missed it. Oh, that'd be a shame. Um, no, I don't, I don't think that's the case. But it's just a shame because um, obviously England are doing really well. And so actually it's a really good opportunity to kind of show this off. And actually, um, yeah, not like the Barmy Army Twitter account and the England Twitter account are kind of publishing it and that's it. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I did see some footage on YouTube with commentary on, and and um, uh, the first West Indies batter got out, and the commentator just said, "Bold him." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, I've made mistakes on it, but yeah, I heard a bit of the radio commentary, and um, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> interesting um i think that's that we had a long list of stuff to talk about mm. i think that's all the main things covered great shall we introduce our very exciting guest yes i'm really excited for this and i think a lot of people are which is pretty cool well yeah so this is the first in a long list of guests who are yeah. all members Six of guests of the same team yeah so we're doing a bit of an under 19 england world cup series um, so we've spoken to five so far, one to go, um, players in the squad. And it's really great to kind of chat to these players because for most of them, it's their first podcast into your first interview. So I think also it's good for listeners to bear that in mind because most of these people have never done anything like this before. Mm. And it's like, imagine it's like the first time we did the podcast mm. and like I would not I would not listen to those episodes again <laughs> because I'm just like well we didn't know what we do or like I think the first time we interviewed Kate Cross we had like a list there we thought like we had no idea what we were doing so for the players it's kind of like that um but they've been absolutely amazing and we start with a really good one because we spoke to Lizzie Scott who back in September when Northern Diamonds reached the final and we were chatting to Katie Levick mm-hmm. um we were saying about how well we feel torn because well you don't want to support Yorkshire but at the same time we don't want the Vipers to win and she was like well we've got a player from Northumberland and obviously we love Northumberland um called Lizzie Scott we kind of had no idea who she was because she'd played one game for Diamonds wow. um and then we're speaking to her now yes so she is Northumbrian as a stotty bun <laughs> She is Northumbrian as mm-hmm. sitting by the fire in Barter Books. Oh, don't. That's She's so as good. Northumbrian as walking across the sands to Holy Island. Oh, that's beautiful. That's, that was probably the most poetic intro to a guest. So enjoy our chat with Lizzie Scott. Um, great to meet you and and talk to you. What sort of day have you had today? Quite a lovely day, actually. It's been quite a wholesome day in Sheffield. Been to the driving range, made some brunch because <laughs> it's a recovery day today, so I have to make the most of them. <laughs> okay, so you're studying in Sheffield, is that right? Yes, I'm studying in Sheffield. So, well, good to hear you're working hard. Anyway, <laughs> yes, <laughs> lots of lectures <laughs> not being attended. <laughs> what is it you're studying, by the way? I'm doing psychology. Psychology. Lovely. 
just first year at the minute so yeah nice so um to start what is your cricket story and how did you first get into cricket so basically um I mean my dad's played cricket for like his entire life but um I think when he married my mum my mum got a little bit inspired and when I think she was about 40 she started like playing cricket and she started up a a women's softball team like no a women's hardball team actually at the local club with literally just like a bunch of mums who like I went to like we all went to school as like a group of daughters so we would just go along kind of like play hide and seek under the covers and like in the in the changing rooms and then obviously the cricketers we would all just steal all the leftovers um so that kind of just was like an environment that we were constantly surrounded by. Um, and eventually they started up like a girls team with the local club and we played loads of like lady taverner stuff. And we were quite successful with that as well. So I think that's basically how I was quite inspired to start start cricket. So, yeah. Brilliant. Now, it, it, is Hexham home for you? Is that right? Yes, Hexham is home. Oh, that, we we love Northumberland, don't we? It's It's one of our favorite places in fact there is a bit of a story attached to this because just before the Rachel Hale Flint final we were interviewing Katie Levick and we were kind of putting to a a conundrum that we had in that we really don't like Southern Vipers (laughs) well in that they win everything you know and so so we were going to the final and so we just thought we, we really have to support Northern Diamonds but I can't really I'm from Lancashire originally so I just can't make myself support Yorkshire and so mm. Katie rightly pointed out, well, it's not just Yorkshire, of course, it's Northumberland as well. And we've exactly. got Lizzie Scott on the team from Northumberland. Exactly. You see, you... I can't support Yorkshire either because I'm rivals <laughs> with Yorkshire. So I have to like find find some similarities. And yeah, so yeah, I'd love being from Northumberland. I feel like people forget that it kind of exists because it's just so far away. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure to grow up in Northumberland, actually. It's, it's a gorgeous place, so... Yes, so you are the reason we supported Northern Diamonds oh, and I supported the winning team honor. at, at, at Lords. Um, yeah, which is amazing. But but yeah, we we we've been going to Northumberland on holiday for well ever since you were mm. a tiny baby, really. And so yeah, we we love it. We love the coast up there. And um, yeah, the coast is yeah yeah. Hexham Hexham's a bit inland for us, but we've we've popped down to Hadrian's Wall from time to time just to have a little look. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's a really nice tree on Hadrian's Wall. So just go and I sit there very often. So now I love Northumberland. Glad that you like it as well. <laughs> so chat to us a bit about Northumberland cricket because uh, the women's team merged with Durham to create North Northeast Warriors. So kind of what was it like going through the age groups and then obviously to now going through um the higher age groups into Northern Diamonds? Um well so we kind of had kind of like an unusual group of girls that were just almost like ridiculously talented for like for such like a small but well, it's not a small county but the amount of people, like population in the county so we had very strong under 13 side as well as an under 15 side when we kind of went through the years and I also played a bit of like under 11 and under 13 boys cricket and um, for nothing which was really which was really good gave me a lot of good experience um, but yeah, it's and then I played first. I think I played from Northumberland Women when I was twelve, maybe thirteen for my debut, um, and that was amazing. You know, Amy Campbell, she was at Northumberland, went on my debut, and that was like insane. And it's been amazing to like see her like continue to go and play for for the Sparks and Manchester Originals. So she was always big inspiration. So it was great to be playing with her, and I knew that I wanted to be a cricketer like her um, as I grew up. So. And then obviously the merger, the merger has been insane as well. So Durham have had such good players like consistently. So our Northeast Warriors under 18s team this year actually had like such great success. 
um, and we managed to get through to the finals day, I think, um, but we lost the semi, which we shouldn't have lost, but we did. But yeah, it's just been amazing. Um, I think it's really good to see like the major, like it develops the girls' cricket so much more because Northumberland is such a like small population, so it's just great to have that major, and I think it's been supported from both sides really well. So yeah. Yeah, we love Amy Campbell as well. She's she's fantastic. In fact, she I remember her, hearing her say that it's so much more difficult for players from the north to get noticed mm-hmm. compared to players from the south because everything is so southern focused within cricket generally. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is, which is it's quite frustrating. But at the same time, it's when you do have a successful player from the north that sort of like breaks through. It's why you have to really like back them, I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But... Yeah, and then of course this year made your debut for the Northern Diamonds. What was it like transitioning between the academy and then coming into the senior side, especially so close to the finals at the, and at the last mm. stage of the tournament? Well, it was very unexpected to be honest, because I mean I've just been playing with the academy all year, um, hardly really even like I never really opened the bowling for the academy either, so it's quite a surprise because obviously uh, Beth Langston got injured, so then I think that's why they kind of called me up. It's very unexpected. Um, but the team made the transition so, so easy and it was so welcoming, the whole environment. So we had like an away trip, which was one of my first. So when we went travelled down to Taunton, it was like such a long bus journey. But that bus journey, honestly, it was like a bonding experience because it was such a long few days that we ended up having. Um, and we made quizzes together and we just I feel like we just learned a lot about one another and it just felt really welcoming. So I'm really supported by everyone in the team. That's a few days on the bus journey. I mean, that is a long way from Northumberland down to Taunton. It was, it was still <laughs> like that, I think, when you get in the uh, the uh, the M5 traffic uh, works and that sort of thing. And it, yeah, I mean, it, that's so. That was only what second week in September that you got mm-hmm. um, you got that call up, and then suddenly you're in a team which is heading straight to Lords. And I just think of you know the the bucket list of most. Um, cricket tragics which we never get to fulfill is to you know play at lords <laughs> lift a trophy at lords represent your country and <laughs> ticked it all off literally i still haven't really it hasn't really set in like, i can't believe what's happened in the past month it's genuinely insane but yeah lords was just like the most amazing experience of my life i actually sound like such a cricket badger when i say that but it was honestly I think it will be one of the best days of my life for a long time. That I mean, that's amazing. And presumably, um, and we'll talk about we'll talk more about the final in a minute. But uh, you say you just started your first year at university. You must have like gone straight from Lords to, to Freshers Week. No, <laughs> honestly. So I like arrived at uni, and I was just like, guys, I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to be able to come out on Freshers Week because it was during Freshers Week that I had the final. So I was just like. I'm gonna have to like re- reorganize a different freshers week week after this final but like everyone in my flat and stuff was like really supportive of that and they were just like well we're gonna back you the whole way and they all actually even after knowing me for like two days they all watched the final which was really cute so so yeah I think it was a, it was a fair excuse to to miss freshers week <laughs> yeah but you seem to have a good party at Lords um after the final what was it like kind of celebrating with the team I suppose obviously you mentioned about being felt like you felt so welcome in that side so what was it like to celebrate with everyone after? The celebration was just I I mean I can't describe to you how emotional it was for everyone because there was almost two sides of emotions that I felt so I had the side of kind of self-accomplishment for me which I feel like 
I had a lot of pride in myself that I'd made it this far. And then there was also the kind of emotions that I had when I was just observing everyone around me and the players that have just been playing for so long, like Katie Levick, Holly Armitage, like you could just, I was just watching them and the amount of hard work that they've put in for years, like as well as balancing like other commitments, like work and stuff. Um, so I could just see, like it made me emotional just looking at them and like how, overwhelmed they felt with the whole experience so the celebration was just it was it was amazing it was really amazing and I guess you know in, in that situation it must be a fear that you know you've suddenly thrown onto this big stage are you going to go to pieces you know are, are you guys are you going to be able to land the ball even you know are you going to be riddled with nerves and that sort of thing so how did it feel when you know when you were coming on to bowl for the first time I think what I said to myself is was just like I'm going to have to just pretend that this is any other game because if I start to overthink it and I start to overthink how where I'm going to bowl the ball, how I'm going to bowl the ball, then that's where it might kind of go a bit wrong. So I just had to like completely block everything out, despite the fact that I was literally bowling at Lords um, and just bowl my kind of best balls. And it paid off, thankfully. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it was such a special day. And like looking back the whole weekend, I suppose, with the England game and then, then the RHF final. And I think... Um, I mean, the crowd was mainly like friends and family and then us. Um, <laughs> so it, it was just a, it was a really special weekend. And I think it kind of, it concluded the the cricket season really well, certainly from our perspective. It, it was amazing. It, it was, it was absolutely amazing. And, and I think just the feeling as well, I think, as you say, for players like Katie Levick, who's just, you know, been playing unrewarded <laughs> and Literally. almost unnoticed for years and years and years so faithfully mm -hmm. then to have that moment uh I just think is amazing it's it's such a brilliant thing if it's happened at Lords uh which I noticed it isn't happening at Lords next season so you you kind of timed it right um, literally hit the jackpot <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think celebrations at Northampton would be quite the same <laughs> you've really got it in Northampton I really don't like Northampton it's pretty grim <laughs> It's, it's perfectly adequate, but it's not Lords. It's not Lords. <laughs> that's why I've got a problem with it. <laughs> it doesn't have a slope. No, that that's true. Yeah, probably better for bowlers then. Um, but chat to us a bit about your call up for the England under nineteens. Was that something that you were kind of aiming for? You knew about, or was expected, or not? I mean, obviously, I I'd known about it for almost like two, two, three years. Um, and I remember I was literally in a PE lesson. When I was back at school and it was like what is your ultimate goal for the next like five years and I literally said like as if it was never going to happen I was just like I mean there is like an under 19 world cup that I would love to be a part of but I when I, I knew when I said that I was like that's just never going to happen Lizzie um so I think yeah if I told myself last year or the year before like this is going to happen I just wouldn't believe it Um, I was literally just sat in my uni accommodation bed and I just got this like random phone number started ringing me and I was like mm, do I answer this because I hate answering the phone um and I was just like hello and then obviously found out the news um and it was it was just I can't describe how I felt I think I like nearly like screamed over the phone <laughs> it was probably like <laughs> didn't know what was happening but then I like FaceTime my mum straight away after and then she started crying FaceTime my dad he was just like overcome with emotion um and then obviously I couldn't tell anyone for ages so I was kind of just like, it just was, it was a weird experience. It's such a weird experience, but, but yeah, still, still hasn't really set in. So I, I take it you've been uh, sort of meeting up as a under 19 squad on weekends and, and, and training and that sort of thing. Do you know most of the people in that age group already, or, or are you having to get to know people from scratch? 
Um, so it's almost like a, you kind of know of people. So obviously it's just me and um, Emma Marlowe from the Northern Diamonds that are going. But you do just make well, cricket such a small world that you do just know who everyone is. And you were kind of, I remember me and Marlowe were like making predictions before we found out the squad of like who was going to be in the team, who was going to get selected. Um, so yeah, the weekends have been, they've been very intense, but they've been such a good experience to get to know all the players. And We've been so lucky with the group of girls that have been selected because I think the relationship we've made with one another have just been so, so supportive and so positive. So it's a really, really nice group of girls. Yeah, does it almost feel like, because in my head I imagine, like if you're having weekends in Loughborough training, does it feel kind of like a school trip sort of thing of like everyone going down? Is it a little bit, bit of carnage? I think especially when you go out to South Africa, I think that probably might you know feel, feel a bit more like a school trip. I know what you mean to be fair because it is we're all the same age and we're all like at that age where we're all quite excited and just like have so many stories to tell each other about through the week so it's it's a really nice experience the weekends I think that obviously the days are so intense as well um with the cricket that we have to do and like gym and stuff but the evenings are really nice time to just sort of like relax and just like have chats with complete new people that you've never really spoken to before and you get to know each other so quickly as well. And what's it like? I suppose you're one of the older players. You've got younger players like Davina Perrin in year 11. What's it like kind of mixing with them and they're trying to balance school and you're trying to balance uni and things mm-hmm. like that? I mean, it's really, I think it's really positive to have such a range of girls in the group because we can almost relate our own experiences to one another. So, like, I have my kind of uni work, they have their school work, so we can use our time together productively. And also, like, I've done the same subjects as lots of the girls that they've done, so I can kind of try and give them some guidance um, and yeah it's really nice and I think the younger players have like been surrounded by older cricketers for for so many years anyway that they're kind of like used to being with older players and as we are with younger players so yeah. And um, looking ahead to the actual tournament some of the teams have been announced and today it was announced that uh, Shafali Burma is going to be playing for India. <laughs> What's it going to be like bowling at Shafali Burma if you get through to the last stages which I would imagine England will? I mean when that news came found out today I literally found it out through our um group chat group chat that we've got so someone sent a screenshot of like this news article that she was being announced and we were all just like oh my god this is insane like we're going to be playing against like one of the best players in the world so I think if I if it ever did get the chance to bowl at her I would literally just be like almost in awe I just feel like this is such an honor um but even still like imagine like taking a wick or something it would be insane it would genuinely be insane another bucket list thing to kick off <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're really looking forward to the tournament because I think it's going to give us a real insight into the future of of English English cricket, if you like. So, of the you know, you've you've met up with the squad, you've you've seen them in training. Who do you think are going to be the real standout players that we need to watch out for uh, amongst the the England team? Well, that's a tough question because there's so much potential with everyone, so much potential. And you can't talk about yourself. (laughs) I mean, me. Um, No. I mean, obviously you've got Scrib, Grace Scribbins, who has had so much um, experience for so many years and she's just got the one of the most amazing cricket brains that I think I've ever um, come in contact with. So she's she's just an incredible player and an incredible person as well. Um, so I think she'll definitely go far. And then I think you've got you've got other players. I think mainly the players who have been involved with the 100 who've all got that experience that you can kind of tell. Um, so you've got like Sophia Smale, um, and also Rihanna McDonald, yeah, she's just such a like focused athlete as well as her incredible hockey player as well. Um, 
And honestly, Marlo, I have to say, Marlo is just, she's just such a, like, such an influential player for me. Like, I still can't face her off spin in the nets. She just, she's the be- one of the best off spinners I think that I've seen in a while. So, yeah, I, I rate them all, rate them all so highly. It's been absolutely brilliant to catch up with you. And um, we just want to wish you all the best for the tournament. Uh, when do you actually fly out to South Africa? Do you know the, the date yet? I think it's the 3rd of January is when we wow. fly out. Yeah, so it's very soon. Yeah. So got my birthday out there as well, which might be quite oh, fun. Yeah. Very good. Yes. Well, yeah, I wish you all the best. I hope it's a fantastic experience. And you know, bring home mm-hmm. the trophy. You know, there's actually there's a of big course. there's a big tradition of people from Northumberland bringing home World Cup trophies. I mean, <laughs> Mark Wood has brought two back, and then uh, Bobby actually, and Jack, Bobby and Jackie Charlton in 1966 <laughs> uh, brought it back to Ashington. So. Um, <laughs> We expect exactly the same from you, Lizzie Scott. Absolutely. For the North. North. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me as well. It's a massive pleasure. I love listening to your podcast on the way to cricket as well. Oh, no. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) I can't believe people listen to us. It's really weird. No, of course. Of course. (laughs) Love listening to it. It's great. I am so excited about this World Cup. Me too. We're it's going to be so good. Bring it home. Well, I really hope so. <laughs> no, that would be really good. Um, so next week, it's well, I say it's our Christmas special, but we've got an even specialer Christmas special. We've got a separate episode coming out on Christmas Day, probably six a.m. because <laughs> most people are up early on Christmas Day. Um, with five members of the under 19s team. Unfortunately, not Lizzie Scott, because we didn't like decide by that point. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we've got a special episode with some Christmas questions. But next week, we do have our technically our Christmas special um, mm-hmm. with another under-19s player who doesn't actually like Christmas that much, <laughs> which we didn't find out till the very <laughs> end. Um, so obviously come back next week for that. Uh, but in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. So our Instagram is Naughty Child Podcast and our Twitter is Aero Child Podcast. 